0: Good evening. It is 2141 hours here in the Rockies. And today we're going to be talking about five qualitative approaches to inquiry. It's going to be based on Creswell and Poth, And I figured it would be helpful to have review of each of the qualitative approaches, um, as we will likely be um, asked to choose one approach to uh break down the example on the comps for the qualitative um research question it seems like Dr. Rubal has been pretty um consistent in doing um the question um that that includes this portion of find the best fitting qualitative approach and then justify it. So let's start with the um, kind of an overview of how you can choose the best approach for the problem uh, study. So which um, qualitative approach best fits your research data is the question. And if we are to explore the life of an individual and then, and here's the buzzword that tells stories of individual experiences or of the group experiences, we will choose narrative um, research or narrative approach. If we are to understand the, and another buzzword, essence of the experience, uh, we will be describing the essence of a lift phenomenon, we're going to be choosing phenomenological research. And if we are, another buzzword, developing a theory grounded in data from the field. We're gonna be grounding a theory in the views of participants, usually between 20 and 40. And so we're gonna be choosing a grounded theory research. If we are to describe and interpret a, another buzzword, culture sharing group, we're gonna describe and interpret the shared patterns of culture of a group and that will fit with ethnographic research. And then the last one is developing in-depth description and analysis of a case or multiple cases. We're gonna be providing an in-depth understanding of a case or cases. We're gonna be doing case study research. So as I kind of um, try to emphasize that each of those have a buzzword, right? So if we're talking about narrative research, we're going to be, um, you can catch uh, the word stories or restoring. Um, that will be definitely in narrative research, um, calling for narrative research. If we are uh, focused on or asked about the essence of a lived phenomenon or essence of an experience, then phenomenological research will, will be due. If we're asked about theory or um being grounded in the data and, um, or, or a theory grounded in the uh, views of participants, uh, that seems pretty self explanatory. And then for the ethnography, uh, it will be culture sharing group, it's kind of like this uh, phrase that shows up all the time. And for the case study, is analysis of a case or multiple cases. So, with the case study, I kind of, um, felt like I felt into a trap of thinking that case study will be always about just one individual and it's not necessarily the case. I found a couple of case studies that are on uh, groups or, or like bigger groups or a small group of uh, people who are for uh, whatever reason kind of thrown in the same type situation. Um, for me, that was actually a little bit harder to uh, To discern from phenomenological study, um, and the I, idea that I, I guess I, I got is that case study focuses on experience that all of the participants, so the whole group or the individual, uh, specifically experiences. Phenomenology can be a phenomenon that people experience in different parts of of um, the world, for example. So, so case study will be, for example, a study on the uh, levels of depression or levels of PTSD symptoms in uh, survivors of this one um, train wreck or train crash, and for the phenomenology we'll be uh, we 'll be asking about experiences of uh, all types of victims of train wrecks in different from different places and different times um, mm. Uh, well, they're going to be trying to extract this essence of their experience, um, under different kind of circumstances or whatnot. So here we go with the narrative. Uh, we're going to start with the narrative, uh, ba-ba-ba research. And, um, I guess, um, I'm gonna kind of go over uh, just hitting on more of the buzzwords so you guys um, if you see that or in the question you will know you will kind of be alerted to um look for the narrative study or you will be able to use those words to justify the fact that you're using narrative approach to solve the problem whatever So narrative researchers collect stories from individuals, also documents and group conversations about individuals lived and told stories. Uh, They can emerge from a story told to a researcher, a story that is co-constructed between the researchers uh, and the participants and a story intended as a performance meant to convey some message or point. Narrative stories tell of individual experiences and might shed light on the identities of individuals and how they see themselves. Narrative stories occur within specific places or situations. Temporality becomes important for the researchers telling of the story within a place. And the narrative stories are analyzed using various strategies. So now we're again going into the buzzword area. An analysis can be made about what was said thematically, the nature of the telling of the story, structural, who the story is directed toward, dialogic slash performance, or using visual analysis of images or interpreting images alongside alongside words. Other options for analysis involve foci on values, plot, significance or character mapping and time. And then narrative stories often are heard and shaped by the researchers into a, buzzword, chronology, although they may not be told that uh, that way by the participants. So there is a temporal change that is conveyed when individuals talk about their experiences and their lives. They may talk about their past, their present, or their future, the researcher's um, role is to restructure the story and give it, um, put it kind of on the timeline, so give it like a time fluidity. Um, Narrative stories often contain turning points or specific tensions or transitions or interruptions that are highlighted by the researchers in the telling of the stories. Such incidents can serve as organizing structures for recounting the story, including the lead up and consequences. Um, there are, uh, D-A-I-U-T-E 2014. I don't think you have to know this just by the way, but let's say this researcher identified four types of patterns. And those are for for meaning making related to similarities, differences, change, or coherence. So, those are two two stems with the binary distinctions, right? So, similarities or differences or change or or coherence. Types of narratives. We have, um, I'm just going to list them. So, you're going to have... A uh, life story uh, will be, um, uh, uh, could be a, bio- gro- a biographical study, autoethnography. Again, autoethnography etno- is uh, written and co- recorded by the individuals who are the subject of the study. Biographical study is a form of narrative study in which the researcher writes and records the experience of another person's life. Um, An oral history uh, consists of gathering personal reflections of events and their causes and effects from one individual or several individuals. Um, So the framework uh, may advocate for Latin Americans through using uh, testimonials or report stories of women using feminist interpretations. Uh, when uh, you are drawing um, the oral history, um, w- when the oral history draws on the um, diverse research methods and can be in- uh, guided by interpretive frameworks such as social justice, right? So that's, yeah. Um, the procedures for conducting um, narrative research are, again, I'm not going to be giving you all those um Uh, references because I don't think you need them you just need to understand like how is it done so you're gonna determine if the research problem or question best fits narrative research select one or more individuals who have stories of or life experiences to tell and spend considerable time with them gathering their stories from multiples uh, uh, types of information and um, so those stories can be referred to as field texts and the researchers may also collect letters sent by the individuals, assemble stories about the individuals from family members, gather documents such as memos or official cor- correspondence, correspondence psh, about the individuals or obtain photographs, memory boxes and other personal family social um, artifacts. Then, so after we select our individuals that we're going to be studying, you need to consider how the collection of the data and their recording can take different shapes. And then you're going to embed information about the context of these stories into data collection, analysis and writing. Um, Narrative researchers situate individual stories within participants' personal experiences, their culture, historical context, so a lot of contextualization will be happening, right? Then analyze the participant stories using the process of reorganizing the stories into some general type of framework called restoring. The researcher may take an active role and restore the stories into a framework that makes sense to them. This framework may consist of gathering stories, analyzing them for key elements of the story, da da da. Then we're gonna embed a collaborative approach into collection and telling of stories. And uh, here we're gonna have um the stories that are marked, marked with epiphanies, turning points, disruptions in which the storyline changes. And um, in the end, the narrative story uh, st- uh, uh, study tells the story of individuals unfolding in a chronology of their experiences set within their um, personal, social and historical context and including the important themes in those lived experiences. Um, and then you're going to present the narrative in written form. So essentially, you're going to be writing the story. So just to go, uh, go over it one more time, you're going to determine if the research problem is best examined using a narrative approach. You're going to select one or more individuals and gather their stories through multiple types of information. Then you're going to consider how the data collection and recording can take different shapes. You're going to embed information about the context of the stories into data collection, analysis and writing. You're going to anal- uh, analyze the participants' stories by using the process of restoring. Embedding, uh, you're going to embed a collaborative approach in the collection and telling of stories. And in the end, you will present the narrative in written form by adapting the general reporting structure as appropriate. And take a deep breath. And we're going to phenomenological research. So phenomenological study describes the common meaning for several individuals of their lived experiences of a concept or a phenomenon. So again, the essence of the lived experience, you will go straight to phenomenology and that will be that. in phenomenology of practice is the meaning-giving methods of phenomenology based on the primary literature of um, a lot of uh, uh, phenomenological uh, philosophers, like Husserl, um, Merleau-Ponty, Tesch, uh, um, Van Manen, I don't know if you know many of those names, but heidegger um Those are all big names in in this field, Um, uh, like from the last hundred and some years. Um, So um, the uh, four philosophical perspectives in phenomenology are one, a return to the traditional tasks of philosophy, two, a philosophy without presuppositions so, so phenomenology approach is to suspend all judgments about what is real and kind of take on this natural attitude until they are fo- uh, founded on a more certain basis so yeah just like oh my gosh i don't remember i, I remember one of you guys said uh, talked about this i think krupali was saying this, um, and I don't remember the word for it, this like tabula rasa, uh, uh type, uh, the fresh mind of a researcher, like the, the beginner's mind, the beginner's mind. That's right. I don't remember how it's called in mm, different language. Sorry. Then four the intentionality of consciousness, this idea is that consciousness is always directed toward an object. And reality of an object, then, is inextricably related to one's consciousness of it. Um, and then the fourth one is the refusal of the subject-object dichotomy. So the theme flows naturally from the intentionality of consciousness. The reality of an object is only perceived within the meaning of the experience of an individual. So our, understanding, our consciousness shapes the reality and objects, phenomenons within it. Defining uh, features of phenomenology is uh, the emphasis on a phenomenon to be explored, um, phrased in terms of a single concept or idea, such as the educational idea of professional growth, the psychological uh, concept of grief, uh, or the health idea of caring a relation, caring relationship. So, for example, like Brene Brown is a phenomenological researcher focused on shame or a concept of uh, vulnerability, right? Then the exploration of this phenomenon with a group of individuals who have all experienced the phenomenon. Thus a uh, heterogeneous group is identified um, that may vary in size from three to four individuals to 10 to 15. And Brené Brown got um, documents from, from like thousands of people right on shame and kind of based on that um on their um um i guess their lived experience then um this turn you don't need to know this okay Uh, In some forms of phenomenology, the researcher brackets himself or herself out of the study by discussing personal experiences with the phenomenon. So bracketing, uh, and I feel like we've talked about that in a quantitative uh, study um, as uh, design, maybe not, maybe I'm totally mixing things up. But bracketing is basically uh, setting um, the researcher apart by personal disclosure. And um, so the processes of bracketing and reduction um, are uh, called a phenomenological reflection. So, um, yeah, a data collection procedures that typically uh, involves interviewing individuals who have experienced the phenomenon. Uh, This is not a universal trait, however, as some phenomenological studies involve varied sources of data, such as poems, observations, and documents. A data analysis can follow systematic procedures that move from the narrow units of analysis, for example, significant statements, and on to broader units, for example, meaning units, and on to detailed descriptions that summarize two elements, what the individuals have experienced and how they have experienced it. An ending for phenomenology with a descriptive passage that discusses the essence of the experience for individuals incorporating what they have experienced and how they experienced it. So um, types of uh, uh, phenomenology is uh, hermeneutical uh, phenomenology in which um, that's Van Menen 1990, uh, Van Menen, 1990, describes research as oriented towards lived experience and interpreting the texts of life, so hermeneutics. Um, and then, what are the, Mustakas had something. Um, where is that? Okay. Yep, Mustakas, 1994, had transcendental or psychological phenomenology is focused less on the interpretations of the researchers. And more on the description of the experiences of participants. So there is like a, a scale or a um, spectrum uh, of how much a researcher is present in the phenomenological study. And some so Van Mennen uh, was proposing you have to be super transparent and include yourself. Mustakas, uh, 1994, said not so much. In addition, Mustaka focuses on the on one of Husserl's concept, epoch or bracketing in which investigators set aside their experiences as much as possible to take a fresh perspective towards uh, the phenomenon under an examination. Hence, transcendental means in which everything is perceived freshly as if uh, as if for the first time. I love it. I love it so much, actually. Okay, besides bracketing, empirical transcendental phenomenology, um, uh, um, uh, transcendental phenomenology draws on the, um, on the data analysis procedures of, no, you don't need to know that at all, erase it. So f- the researcher analyzes the data by reducing the information to significant statements or quotes and combines the statements into themes. Following that, the researcher develops a textural description of the experiences of the persons, what participants experience, a structural description of their experiences, uh, experiences, how they experience it in terms of the conditions, situations or context, and a combination of the textual and structural descriptions to convey an overall essence of the experience. So that's how you do it, I suppose. Uh, And then we're going to jump straight into uh, procedures for conducting uh, the phenomenological research. So first, you're, again, determining if the research problem is best examined by using a phenomenological approach. Then you identify a phenomenon of interest to study and describe it. So in narrative, you are identifying individuals. Here you are identifying a phenomenon. Distinguish and specify the broad philosophical assumptions of phenomenology. Then you're collecting data from the individuals who have experienced the phenomenon by using interviews. Then you're generating themes from the analysis of significant statements. So by uh, using this process of of, uh, bracketing and reduction. Right. You're then you're developing textual and structural descriptions. Next, reporting the essence of the phenomenon by using a composite description. And in the end, you present the understanding of the essence of the experience in written form. And that is that for, for for phenomenology. With the grounded theory, I am kind of tempted to give you a little bit more just because uh, Dr. Rubel, that's that's kind of her thing and i i'm not quite sure if that's a um that's so uh, I'm, i would be so sure that she's gonna have us uh choose the grounded theory but i wouldn't be super surprised if she did so the definition of grounded theory let's start here <clears throat> so uh and there's a one sentence of review so bear with me while narrative research focuses on individual stories told by participants in phenomenology emphasizes common experiences for a number of individuals the intent of a grounded theory study is to move beyond description and to generate or discover a theory a unified theoretical explanation that's corbin and Strauss, 2007 For a process or an action. So we're going to be focusing on process or an action. Phenomenology is more of like a static, uh, description of a static experience. Grounded theory will be focused on process or action. So like development, for example, or um, moving through grief. Um, Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Or uh, for example, like the... the, um, cycle of abuse um is kind of a grounded theory model right because you uh it delineates what happens from point a to point b and from point b to point c and so on okay so participants in the study would all have experienced the process and the development of the theory might have explained practice or provide a framework for further research so it it has to be meaningful for the um have implications for um, uh, kind of like pragmatic implications you don't create theory just to create theory you create a theory to um to address a research problem right and the origins you don't need to know about but there are a few branches of uh of grounded theory it started with glasser and Strauss, um and that was this like um, post-positivist uh, type um, coming from from, from post-positivist uh, paradigm um, grounded theory and then it turned into more of a constructive theory um, a grounded theory uh, between uh, Strauss and Corbin and then went completely like, extreme with uh, Charmas I think we read I think we read in the class the Corbin and Strauss, just FYI. And Corbin and Strauss is uh, 2007, 2015. Okay. And Charmas is 2014. So, Corbin and Strauss 2015, Charmas 2014. Those are the latest editions of, as far as I see it. Oh, yeah. And I really like the Clark um that lady was uh, i i just really like how she wrote and clark is 2005. she is kind of like a a complementary to charmas constructivist grounded theory research focuses on a process of an action that has distinct steps or phases that occur over time that's a grounded theory study has movement or some action that the researchers is, is attempting to explain A process might be developing a general education program or a process of supporting faculty to become good researchers. I like that. In a grounded theory study, the researcher seeks in the end to develop a theory of this process or action. There are many definitions of a theory available in the literature. Um, But in general, a theory is an explanation of something or an understanding that the researcher develops. Now, another buzzword, the process of memoing becomes part of developing uh, the theory as the researcher writes down ideas as data are collected and analyzed. In those memos, the ideas attempt to formulate the process that is being seen by the researcher and to sketch out the flow of this process. The data and analysis procedures are considered to undertaken simultaneously in, and um, uh, iteratively. The primary form of data collection is often interviewing, in which the ground theory researcher is constantly compare, uh, comparing data gleaned from participants with ideas about the emerging theory or the theory that you're constructing, depending on which branch of GTR you're coming from. The inductive procedures involved in data analysis are described in relation to the type of grounded theory approach. The procedures can be structured and follow the pattern of developing open categories, selecting one category to be the focus of the theory, and then detailing additional categories by doing the axial code coding to form a theoretical model. The intersection of the categories becomes the theory called selective coding the intersection of the categories. So first, you're doing categories, that's axial uh, coding. Then the intersection of those categories will give you selective coding. This theory can be presented as a diagram, as propositions or hypotheses, or as discussion. Data analysis can be less structured and based on developing a theory by piecing together implicit meanings about a category. So types of GT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I well actually I'm gonna give you a couple of words that were highlighted, like boldened out in the Creswell path. Just so you know that I think this one is uh, kind of the one of the longer sections because it is theoretically involved. <coughs> so. The participants interviewed are theoretically chosen, and that is called theoretical sampling, to help the researcher best form the theory. How many passes one makes to the field depends on whether the categories uh, of information become saturated. And that's another kind of a buzzword, like saturation of data will be something that you're aiming for uh, doing uh, GT. Usually, it's considered to be reached when no new ideas are emerging. And whether the theory is elaborated in all of its complexity, the process of taking information from data collection and comparing it to emerging categories is called the constant comparative method of data analysis. Constant comparative method of data analysis. So you basically take a little bit of data, analyze it, kind of uh, try to... Uh, detect all those um, categories that are coming up, right? So doing the uh, axial coding. Then you're trying to find some cross section between those categories. You're doing selective coding, and then and then you compare those bits and pieces all the time. So you're constantly going back to the drawing board and seeing if this is new, or if this is, um, yeah, it's just if it's new, if it's getting saturated. So you start actually with an open coding, so coding the data for its major categories of information. Uh, Coding involves a data aggregating and meaning making process described as doing analysis and denoting concept to stand for data. From this coding, uh, axial coding emerges in which the researcher identifies one open coding category to focus on called the core phenomenon. And then goes back to the data and creates categories around the, this core phenomenon. Um, the strassen Corbin, nineteen ninety, prescribed the types of categories identified around the core phenomenon. They consist of causal conditions, what, what factors cause the core phenomenon, strategies, actions taken in response to the core phenomenon, contextual and intervening conditions, broad and specific situational factors that influence the strategies, and then also consequences, so outcomes from using the strategies. And in their discussion uh, of grounded theory, Corbin and Strauss take the model one step further to develop a conditional or uh, consequential matrix. They advance the conditional matrix as an analysis strategy to help the researcher make connections between the macro and micro conditions influencing the phenomenon, and in turn identify the range of consequences that result from the, those interactions. This matrix is set of expanding concentric circles that, with labels that build outward from the individual group and organization to the community, region. It sounds very familiar, right? It sounds a little bit like Broffenbrenner in my experience this matrix seldom used is seldom used in grounded theory research and researchers typically end their studies with a theory developed in selective coding a theory that might be viewed as a substantive substantive, low level theory rather than an abstract ground theory or grand theory Da, da 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 you don't need this you don't need this okay the procedures for conducting grounded theory. And we're going to go uh, over it pretty quickly. So again, determine, we're starting always at the same point. Determine if the research problem is best examined by using a GT. Then focus interview questions on understanding how individuals experience the process and identify the steps in the process. Then the theory bo- building emerges through the simultaneous and iterative Data collection, analysis, and memoing processes, structure, and various analysis, pro- uh, analysis pro- analyses, no analysis analysis procedures are open axial and selective coding, structure and various analysis procedures as open axial and selective coding, then articulate a substantive level theory to explain the process for or action that was the focus of the study an Indian present the theory, um, as a discussion or model? Uh, pa, 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 pa ta, 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 Yeah. Should, would you know, would you like to know, um, what a substantive level theory? Yeah, I'll tell you so a substantive level theory is uh, written by a researcher close to a specific problem or population of people the substantive level theory may be tested later for its empirical verification with quantitative data to determine if it can be generalized to another sample and population Alternate. Alternatively, the study may end at this point with the generation of a theory as the goal of the research. And then also discriminants uh, or um, do I have more types of sampling? Nope. Uh, so theoretical sampling is basically this um, is the the participants interviewed are theoretically chosen. so. So basically, um, you're choosing participants who will help you develop the theory, right? But you also can do discriminant sampling in which, which the researcher gathers a- additional information from individuals different from those people initially interviewed to determine if the theory holds true for those initial, uh, uh, sorry, additional participants. So theoretical sampling people whom you want to interview because they experience the phenomenon and you're trying to look at how it affects your dynamic, uh, your process that your action or whatever you're trying to describe. And then discriminant sampling is kind of cross-checking whether it had um, similar effect on people who didn't experience it. Okay. And then the last one, I think that's all I'm going to do is the ethnographic research. Ethnographic research, is uh, uh, focuses on an entire culture sharing group and it um, is based on the belief that uh, study participants are not likely to be located in the same place or interacting on the same frequent basis Uh, so i'm so sorry if they are uh, interacting frequently they develop shared patterns of behavior Beliefs and language, and he, an ethnographer is interested in examining these patterns d- these shared patterns, and the unit of analysis is typically larger than twenty or so individuals involved in a grounded theory study right da 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 so. Ethnography is a qualitative design in which the researcher describes and interprets the shared and learned patterns of values, behaviors, beliefs, and language of a culture-sharing group. Um, As a process, ethnography uh, involves extended observations of the group, most often through participant observation, in which the the researcher is immersed in the day-to-day lives of the people and observes the interview uh, and interviews the group participants. Ethnographers study the meaning of the behavior, the language, and the interaction among members of the culture-sharing group. <clears throat> and yeah, defining features of ethnographies. Ethnographies focus on developing a complex, complete description of the culture of a group. The entire culture sharing group or a subset of a group, the culture sharing group must have been intact and interacting for long enough to develop social behaviors of an identifiable group that can be studied. Key to ethnographic research is the focus on these discernible working patterns, not the study of a culture. In an ethnography, uh, ethnography, sorry, I don't know why I put. Emphasis there, the researcher looks for patterns also described as rituals, customary social behaviors or regularities of the group's mental activities, such as their ideas and beliefs expressed through language or material activities, such as how they behave within the group as expressed through the actions observed by the researcher. Said in another way, the researcher looks for patterns of social organization or social networks and idea uh, I, idea ideational systems oh my gosh that's walcott again 2008 in addition theory plays an important role in focusing the researchers attention when conducting eth- ethnography for example ethnographers start with a theory a broad broad explanation as to what they hope to find drawn from cognitive science to understand ideas and beliefs or from materialist theories such as techno-environmentalism, Marxism, acculturation, or innovation to observe how individuals in the culture-sharing group behave and talk. Uh, in an analysis of, this da- of the data, the researcher relies on the participants' views as an insider emic perspective and reports them in verbatim quote, uh, and then synthesizes the data filtering Uh, the data filtering it through the researchers' edic scientific perspective to develop uh, overall cultural interpretation. This cultural interpretation is a description of a group and themes related to the theoretical concepts being explored in the study. This analysis results uh, in an understanding of how the culture sharing group works, how it functions, the group's way of life. Um, Walcott 2010, provides two helpful questions that, in the end, must be answered answered in an ethnography. What do people in this setting have to know and do to make the, the system work? And if culture, sometimes defined simply as shared knowledge, is mostly caught rather than taught, how do those being inducted into the group find their way in so that an adequate level of sharing Is achieved okay types of uh, ethnography here they just uh, boldened out the realist ethnography uh, critical uh, and critical ethnography the realist is traditional approach used by cultural anthropologists and um today um many researchers employ ethnography that is critical or critical guided by critical approach by including in the research the uh, advocacy perspective this approach is an uh, is in response to current society in which the systems of power press privilege authorities serve to marginalize young individuals who are from different classes, races, genders. The critical ethnography is a type of ethnographic research in which the authors advocate for the emancipation of groups marginalized in society. And flipping to the procedures, so we're determining if ethnography is the most appropriate design for studying the research problem. Then. We identify and locate a culture- shame group to study, as well as access consideration, uh, uh, as uh, access consideration. So we consider access, like how is it? How can we immerse ourselves? Then we select cultural themes, issues or theories to study about the group. Then we determine which type of ethnography to use to study cultural concepts. so uh, the realist or critical. Then we gather information in the context where the group works or lives for extensive field work. Then we generate an an overall cultural interpretation of the group from the analysis of main data sources. Then we disseminate the patterns of the culture-sharing group by using a holistic cultural portrait. And in the end, we present the patterns of the culture-sharing group in written or performance formats and that would be that for um i have put together kind of the contrasting tables uh in in word just to kind of um for for you for us to be able to just have a glance at it and kind of understand it i contrasted um kind of two pairs so uh, group uh, grounded theory is is uh, set with phenomenology and the narrative is set with ethnography. I left the case study outside, um, because I had to leave some something outside and that one feels pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's why I made that choice. Um, I hope that was helpful and I hope I didn't annoy you too much. You take good care and I will talk to you very soon. Bye.